Beauty and Brains presents a work in progress. Your favorite weekly podcast all about navigating adulthood and adversity with transparency and vulnerability. Here, we highlight progress over perfection. You're listening to my personal professional development diary, where I share the highs and lows and the real and raw parts of the story that no one talks about. I'm your host, Breland Hunt, a work in progress. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are sound in mind and strong in spirit. Welcome back to Work in Progress, the podcast. Week 13, you guys, episode 13. We are on a roll. Happy Sunday if you're watching this on Sunday. If you are listening to the pod, make sure you rate it. Five star ratings only. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure you leave a comment, subscribe, thumbs it up, all the fun things. So as you can tell by the title of this episode, today we're talking about the waiting game. I'm going to explain exactly what that means as we go throughout this podcast episode. But Basically, as the waiting season continues for me in my road to medical school, I have realized that I am not the only one waiting. I'm not alone in my waiting. There are several of you who are also going through your own waiting season, whether you're waiting for acceptances to college or to grad school or for exam scores back or in other areas of your life. And I am so blessed to say that I have felt an enormous amount of peace these past few weeks. And I think that in conjunction with a sermon series that I just finished or that I just finished listening to about waiting, I have finally figured out the rules to the waiting game. So today I want to encapsulate my thoughts, encapsulate, encapsulate. Do you ever try and use a big word and then you realize, I don't think I know how to say that word correctly and how to type it. I know what it means, but to say it, not so much, but I want to encapsulate my thoughts and share them with you in the hopes that they can help you through your waiting season. So let's get started. So the first part of the waiting game is your attitude. If you're in a season of waiting, you automatically have an attitude of expectancy. The question is, is your attitude negative, neutral, or positive? Attitude is the catalyst for every setback, shortcoming, failure, or accomplishment in your life. If you go back to think about different setbacks or shortcomings or wrong turns or mistakes that you've made or even some of the best decisions that you've made, it usually all stems from your attitude during that moment. Apparently, I didn't drink enough water this morning before today's podcast episode, but the devil is a liar. He's not gonna stop me. Devil, get thee behind me. I've got things to say to my people. But anyway, to have an attitude of expectancy, specifically a positive attitude of expectancy, is to make a decision that above all else, you are going to believe in better things. So basically having a positive outlook on whatever I'm waiting for, however long I'm waiting for, whatever I'm waiting for, there is better there. It's also having that understanding that despite your flaws or despite your circumstances and despite your situation, that you will receive greatness. Like having that feeling that knowing deep down in you, whether it's in your head or in your heart or in your bones, when you feel like you deserve greatness, when you believe that you're going to receive greatness, that is an expectation. And if you have that positive attitude of expectation, like whatever I receive, whatever I'm going to get, if I believe that it's going to be a good thing, then that is a positive attitude of expectation. And I'm not going to dwell on this too long, but if you have a negative 
attitude of expectation is going to be like, what if I'm waiting all this time and the score is going to be bad? What if I'm waiting all this time and it's not going to work out the way that I want it to? What if I, when you have that attitude of expectancy, that like you're starting off the game wrong, it automatically leaves you at level one for the waiting game. You automatically cannot elevate to the next level of the waiting game if you don't have a positive attitude of expectancy. If you're wondering, how am I going to do this? Or even if you're just like, I don't really know if it's going to be good, or I don't know if it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's really what I want, or if I'm better here, then that leaves you in a neutral attitude of expectancy. And it's the same thing, you just can't move forward, you're going to be in level one of the waiting game until you have a positive attitude, like I'm going to receive, it's going to be good, it's going to be a blessing, I'm waiting for something good on the other side of this wait. So that is step one. And the thing is that having an attitude, a positive attitude of expectancy means that you have to have faith in God's plan. God's plan was honestly a very smart song for Drake to make. And I don't even just say smart, but like that phrase, God's plan, I think that it's similar to how you guys know one of my catchphrases is you only live once, right? This is, I live by this phrase and I lived by this before Drake came out with YOLO. And I still say YOLO to some people in like a joking way, but people, y'all know, I literally always say you only live once. Like that's that thing that'll make me be like, let me change my attitude. Let me change my perspective, things like that. God's plan is also one of those things where he took something that means so much to me and made it into like a catchy little song, but it does not, de- it does not deter away from the power that it has. When you really sit down and think about the fact that I am just living God's plan, every step I take, every move I make, whether it's in line or out of line, like he is in charge of it all. You're a living, breathing pawn in God's plan. I think that it allows you to have more of a positive outlook, more of that positive attitude of expectancy, because if you're his child and you love him, I I keep going back. I think this is kind of like my, I don't know if it's my verse of the month or my verse of the year, but we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And so if you love the Lord, then God's plan should be good news for you. It's like, this is great. Like God is looking out for me. Wow. Okay. So before I was really interrupted, I was trying to say that if you are trusting in God's plan, you have to have faith that the Lord will ultimately make all things work together for the good of those who love him. But at the same time, you can't forget that there is a journey that is needed to achieve the final result. And so I think love Level two is about navigating setbacks. And I think that's where I was stuck at for a long time of being like, okay, I believe that there is good coming from the other side of this, but I'm receiving these not letters left and left and right. Okay. How am I supposed to really trust and believe or how can I keep my attitude positive? How can I remain faithful? How can I continue to trust God when everything else looks like I don't know what's going to happen. This is the stage of dealing with doubt. I talked about this in a previous podcast episode, and I think that it's going to be different for everybody, how you deal with it, how you manage it, and how you overcome it. Right now, for me, I think what keeps me out of this 
level, this stage of the game is worship. For me, I have, it's really funny because I was talking to my work bestie, Glory, and how many times do I start off a sentence? Like I was talking to so-and-so, but like a lot of these conversations, you know, a lot of revelation just comes from talking to other people. And when I was talking to her, we were kind of just discussing our differences in worship music. Like I really... I've realized that because of my experience dancing at the Christian Dance Academy, where we listened to like Mary Mary and Donnie McClurkin, like all the songs that we would dance to that were Christian music are just like, they are now like my faith anthems they're my victory anthems. And I, that's a part of my gospel playlist, the very 99 2000s Baptist gospel music. And that's what I like to listen to. So obviously, as I mentioned the past couple of weeks, I've been on the 21 days of prayer and fast, and I haven't been listening to any secular music, not watching any YouTube, um, no, no social media, no TV movies, etc. And so while we were talking about the different music that we listened to, she listens to, I, she basically introduced me to this whole new world of gospel music or worship music that I was not familiar with. The Elevation Worship, the Maverick City, all of that. I was like, wow, this is different. And I was like, this is kind of like, it doesn't hype me up enough. Like, I don't feel like I'm going into war with like the word of God when I'm listening to this stuff. But then there was this one song. If you're in the Christian space, you're probably very familiar with this song because it's pretty big right now. And I'll leave it in the show notes in the description box down below for you guys who are listening. But it's called Gyra and it's the it's a combo between Elevation and Maverick City, Elevation Worship. And at first I was like, this song is just too sappy and it's too slow. But then I, it kind of got in my head and then I wanted to listen to it. And then the more I kept listening to that one verse where it says, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? If he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? And again, also with this being the year of love for me, I'm really just trying to tap into what God's love looks like and what it feels like. And I think that that song just has been playing and repeat in my head. And like, I literally woke up this morning kind of singing that song, like, if he dresses the lilies, Hey, with beauty and splendor, what, how much more? Because it's like, if you really just think about how big God is and how small you are and how small your problems are and how minute and easily he can fix those things. I think that for me, it just allows me to trust him more and knowing that he knows best and that he can accomplish far more than I can ask or imagine because he has the wisdom and the knowledge and the power to do so. And the only thing that I can do is just expect adversity during the journey. I think that going into the waiting season, thinking that it's going to be easy, thinking that's going to be short, and just not understanding how hard it's going to be is one of the worst things that you can do for yourself. It's like, I knew that getting into medical school wasn't going to be easy, but I don't think I really fully prepared myself like this is going to be months of agonizing, waiting, not knowing, doubting yourself, feeling like a failure. Like you have to be mentally, physically, emotionally strong for this process. And it's like, nobody talks about that. Like you just think, okay, if you have your grades together, if you have your prereqs done, you are qualified enough to apply to medical school. But that's not necessarily the case. And then that's not even just the premises for medical school, but really any big upgrade that you're waiting for, whether it be, you know, a promotion at your job or 
there's anything like there's so many different waiting seasons in life and I think that God regularly reiterates that trials are a part of the journey and so when you are expecting to enter into a waiting season you should also be expecting for your faith to be tested faith benefits us by producing endurance which is required for spiritual maturity Literally, this is the verse that I have in my bio and I changed it when I came back to Instagram because it's something that really just motivates me so much during this time. And it is James 1, 2, and 4, which says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Let's pause right there. How many of you guys right now were like, oh, great, yay. If I'm going to enter a waiting season, that means that I should be expecting trouble. I should be expecting to feel less about, like nobody was excited about that. Everybody was like, but wait, why? Why Why you got to do me like that? Why does it have to be this way? And the Bible says that for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That verse hits so different because it really just answers your question. Like we're faced with a waiting season. We understand or we soon realize this is going to be more difficult than I thought. I'm dealing with these trials. I'm dealing with these tribulations. I'm dealing with, I'm being faced with hardships and I don't want to. Why? Why am I here? Why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to suffer? Why do I even have to wait? Why can't I just say that I want it, snap my fingers, pray to God, be like, Hey, big G, go ahead and slap me this one favor. And why can't it just happen? And it says it right here in the word. The words in the Bible are the basic instructions before leaving the earth. B-I-B-L-E. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that before. I literally did a play when I was little at Christian Dance Academy and it was called the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving the earth. And that always just sticks to me when I read the word and things like this pop out to me. Because your faith is tested, right? Your waiting season is a faith season. And it's so that you have a chance for your endurance to grow. So you have to let it grow. That way it can be fully developed and that you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing in the next season. This really reminds me of like God has put two different visuals. I mentioned this last week about how I am an analogy person. So I see things and analogies and things just become more clear to me. And so lately, two analogies have been put in my head. One, you guys know I'm an aspiring obstetrician and gynecologist. And I really just been thinking a lot about you know, women giving birth, how I can be helpful, how I can make my calling happen here and now. But with that, um, the thing that God, the vision that God kind of like placed in my head was about how pregnancy is a long waiting period. If you are like, I want a baby, right? I want a baby now. You, even if you were to get pregnant tomorrow, you still have to wait nine months for you to meet your child. And you want to wait the full nine months because if you don't, you risk the complications that come with a premature blessing, which is a premature baby. And there are a lot of, you know, complications with having a a child that's born prematurely. Their lungs cannot be fully developed, their brain, their fingers and toes. And so you could have a life for a whole other human being who was waiting on you, who was depending on you to wait for them to be fully developed. If you rush the process for that baby, then there is now another person who was depending on you whose life is going to be impacted negatively because of you, whether it be now this child has asthma or 
There are so many different complications that can occur later on in life if a child is born prematurely. Think about for you or for somebody who you're supposed to impact or touch or reach. If you were to negatively impact their life because you did not wait and fully develop during the time where you were supposed to be developing. The word says that when you are fully developed, you will be complete and perfect, needing nothing. You don't want your baby to be in the ICU. And I say your baby as in your dream or your goal or your wish or your wants. You don't want to have received a blessing or given birth to a blessing prematurely. And now your blessing needs to be in the ICU, in the NICU, waiting, receiving air, being on oxygen, barely surviving because it did not wait the amount of time it was supposed to wait it did not fully develop and so that's something that has just been just like in my mind like if I right now am seven months pregnant then I need to wait until I'm nine months pregnant because I may feel like I'm ready I may feel like I'm ready for this baby to come out now but a baby is not supposed to be born at seven months and I know there's probably some of you out there who's like I was born at six months and okay maybe and maybe you have no difficulties ahead of you but that brings me to my next thing here the next level of the waiting game is that moment where you're starting to compare yourself to other people and I'll share a story as per usual where you guys know I currently work as a GYN medical assistant and one of my co-workers she is a recent graduate um, of college and she's also applying to medical school right now. So we talk about, you know, our applications. We basically apply to all the same schools. And recently she shared with me that she got her first interview. I have not received an interview yet. And this is a school that I applied to. So it kind of made me, it, it didn't actually make me feel some type of way, but it definitely put into perspective like, you didn't get an interview for the school. That means that it's possible that your denied letter is coming soon from them. Or, you know, maybe your interview is coming later. But it's kind of put things into perspective. Because if you're not really talking to people, you don't really know. You're just you're just waiting on your own. But like in comparison, like we would come back and both be like, yeah, I just got this denied from this person yesterday. Me too. And then she came back and was like, I, I got my interview from the school. And I was like, oh, I didn't. And I, I really genuinely like I said, I don't really struggle with comparison to other people because I was just like, that's probably just not for me. If that's not where I need to be, if that's not the school. And I'm happy for you because I know that like when it's time for me to receive an interview, I'm jumping off the walls. I want everybody congratulating me. So I congratulated her and I was there for her. And like I said, maybe I just wasn't ready yet for my interview. I thought about what have I been doing if I got an interview invite today? Because what she said, it was in it was in her her email box for two weeks and she still has time before her interview. But I was saying to myself, oh, you're so lucky. Like, what if you missed it? Or what if your interview was like next week? Have you been preparing? I asked her, have you been interview prepping? I personally haven't been interview prepping because I kind of was just so consumed in the waiting and so that led me to kind of realize okay I need to prepare myself for what's coming if I'm expecting an interview if I have this attitude of expectancy this positive attitude of expectancy expecting an interview soon I should be doing some interview prep or even furthermore what I've started doing um, is I created a a savings fund for medical school because obviously I will no longer be working while I'm in medical school and while I'm working full time I need to be putting away money that way I'm not like dead broke and if I want to go out to dinner or to movies or even like to do a small trip or travel while I'm medical school I have some money put away for that because I'm, I'm already planning for what I am expecting and so 
I think that again, this next level, so to me, I feel like I passed this level. I was like, instead of comparing myself to what you have going on for you, I'm going to just use that as either motivation for myself or just continue to, to worry about myself, prepare myself for what I am expecting, knowing that again, your time and my time are two different things. We may be running the same race. We may be applying to the same schools, but one, we're not in competition with each other, even though technically there's only but so many seats, but I don't really look at it that way. I look at it like if I'm supposed to be at that school, then the interview is going to come to me, the acceptance is going to come to me, etc. And this makes me think about another thing that happened at my practice, where when we think about, when I think about the waiting game, and I think about waiting, again, this vision came to me about the waiting room at my gynecology office. It does not matter that it is the middle of the pandemic. Our doctor's office has been booming. Okay. It's been popping. It has been full to capacity every day. And what a lot of people don't realize when you're at the doctor's office is that there are different medical assistants normally who run specific providers and each provider has their own schedule. So you may come in at 9:35 for your appointment at 9:30 and your medical assistant was waiting for you. So your room was ready. Don't let me start preaching. Your room was already ready for you. All the equipment, all the instruments, everything that you needed for you to have the exam that you needed for your appointment. The thing that you were appointed for was waiting for you if you showed up 5 minutes late. But if you showed up and your appointment was 9.45 and you showed up at 9.35, your room may not be ready for you yet. There may be somebody else already in your room. And the last thing that you want to do, can I really preach to you, is walk into a nasty and dirty GYN room before somebody has been, before it has been prepared for you. And I think about this one patient that we had who just kept asking the front desk like, I've been seeing all these people go back before me and I want to know like, when is it going to be my turn? Like I've been waiting. Well, ma'am, yes, you've been waiting for 10 minutes and there's people who've been brought back immediately, but your appointment, the thing that you've been appointed to, your appointment time was 945. Their appointment time was 930. So their medical assistant is ready for them. Their room is ready for them because they have been waiting for them. You have not finished your waiting time because you decided to come early. You have more time to wait until your medical assistant is ready for you. Now, if you want us to bring you back to your room right now, there's going to be a used speculum underneath the bed. The bed is going to be nasty and dirty with leftover vagina juices from the woman before you. You're still going to smell. Hello, you're still going to smell the woman and her body odor in the room before you. The trash is not going to be cleaned out. The counters are not going to be wiped off the chair. You are going to now be in a room that was not prepared for you. And now your experience is going to be less than you're going to be like, this gynecology office is trash. You know, these people don't care about their pay. Like you, and imagine how that's how, right, okay, I'm bringing it back. I hope you guys get my analogy. Imagine how you look if you're like, uh, hello, God, why does she get to go back before me? 
maybe your appointment time is 9.45 and hers was 9.30 and your time is coming, but you need to wait because if you do not wait and you enter into that gynecology exam room before your time, you're now going to be upset at the doctor or the creator because this is not what I expected. This is not up to par with my expectations. This is not what you promised me. I saw the pictures online of what your office looks like, what your exam rooms look like, and I showed up and it does not look like this. I did not get what I expected. And it's because you couldn't wait your turn. I hope that helps somebody because when I tell you that my mind was blown when it was put into perspective for me, I don't want to be in nobody's nasty GYN room after somebody else without it being properly wiped down. It needs to be prepared for me. So just like with pregnancy and just like for your doctor's office appointment, your waiting is your time. You want to show up for your appointment and you want it to be prepared for you. This all comes down to being content with whatever state you find yourself in. If you long for anything, it should be for God's perfect will for your life and not for what you see happening in other people's lives. Because the devil uses small, subtle thoughts to lead you the road of comparison and then discontentment. And if you're not prudent, it will lead you into the pit of discouragement and depression. So you just have to knit that in the butt in the beginning. If you ever find yourself comparing your journey to somebody else's during the waiting season, you will not win the game. That is the, that's when the devil starts to creep in in the waiting season. His first he first starts to creep in by just saying, "What are you even waiting for? Is it even going to be that good? Why couldn't you get it now? He could give it to you now if he wanted to." No, 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 no. He's preparing something for me. And then step two is, dang, but I'm receiving all these setbacks. Is this really like what God has prepared for me? Don't worry about it. He's preparing something for you. Keep your eye on the prize and wait patiently. Now you're seeing people go in front of you. You're in level three now. Oh my goodness. Like, why haven't they called me back yet? Why isn't it my turn? It's not about them. It's about you. Going back to the basics of the Ten Commandments, you must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, or ox or donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. You cannot want what other people have. That is literally against the Ten Commandments because God knows if they start worrying about what other people do, they are not going to be grateful during their wait for what I'm preparing for them. So that's level three. While you're in the waiting room, you must remain thankful and grateful and prioritize God and his righteousness. And again, trusting God's plan. Once you reach level one, two, three, and now you're in, you know, level four of the waiting game, this is where the peace starts to come. Because now, even though you're still in the season of waiting, you know the rules to the game. And when you know the rules of the game, you can play it. The object of the game is to not get out of the waiting game as fast as possible. That's not the object. The object of the game is to find your reason behind the wait. It's to be obedient and trust the bigger picture. Like I mentioned to you guys, my outlook on my year of 2022 has been a more fatigue. And it's to love whatever is happening to me, being grateful for it because it's ultimately making me better. And once I really started embracing that, it has made this waiting season so much better. Every little thing that happens, I'm like, that's a good thing. Because now that I know 
it's going to help me here. And now that I experienced that, it's going to help me here. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't get it before I learned that lesson. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't get it before I realized that or I learned this about myself. Every single day, I'm receiving blessings that is showing me that this waiting season is preparing me and that when after I wait, after my endurance has been perfected, then I will be perfect and complete and I will need nothing. I don't want to get to medical school and be like, dang, I did not know how to, dang, I still haven't learned how to X, Y, Z or shoot, I should have practice harder how to ABC. I want to get there complete, needing nothing but God's grace to get me through. When I think about trusting the bigger picture, I also got this another vision or analogy of training a puppy. So I love puppies. I really, really, really want a dog, but I don't think that I need to get one right now. The point is that think about when you are training a puppy and all the puppy can think about is the fact that they get a treat. They don't even really know what you're training them for. They don't care. They All they know is that if, you know, you hear a doorbell ring and then the owner says, wait, 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 and they're dangling that treat in front of you. And if you at the puppy, you're just like, <laughs> and you're just waiting, you know, that as long as you just wait, you can get the treat. Now, you don't know the bigger picture of They are trying to train you so that way when the doorbell rings, you are calm and you're not attacking the guests when they come in because after a while you've been trained enough to where you don't need the treat dangling in front of you and you can wait without being told to wait. That's the next level I feel like is realizing that bigger picture of I probably don't even know what you're really training me for. But I know that I'm supposed to wait when I hear the doorbell ring. So I am waiting. I'm being a good puppy. I'm being a good boy. Good girl. Good girl. I'm being a good girl. And I think that, again, the waiting season and receiving God's blessing with his plan in mind is all about obedience. So I find myself, like I said, just asking myself, why am I here? And not in a negative way, like, why, why, why? But like, okay, okay, so why? Because there's a reason for everything. Every day, every hour, every minute has a reason behind it. And again, the object of the game is to find your reason behind your weight. So that is how I have been waiting well. I hope this really helps you guys out. Again, if you are in college or even if you're waiting for grad school, another thing that came to my mind this past week was I counted how many months I waited to receive my graduate school Um acceptance because I was like I must be further than that like I must be I must be longer I must be waiting longer for my medical school acceptance than I had to wait for my graduate school acceptance and I realized that I, I applied to graduate school in about January some schools not until March and I heard back specifically from my school after my interview my interview was in July and the beginning of July and I was accepted at the end of July technically the duration that I had to wait from the beginning of me applying to the end of me officially knowing what school I was going to go to was seven months and then I looked and I'm like it's so hard to decide because even though I submitted my application in August I worked on my application for three months and then I studied for the MCAT for nine months. So it's like, do I start when my application was in or do I start when I started the process, which was studying for the MCAT? 
even if so, if I started in August, September, October, November, December, January, I'm only five months in, which means that technically, if I if my strength and my endurance is growing, then I should be able to at least wait two more months because I've waited seven months before. Now, granted, again, if I started at the beginning of my medical school journey with the MCAT, then I'm way past seven months. But I think that that also puts things into perspective for me. Um, and maybe it'll help you. What's something that you've had to wait for before that has come to pass and you've realized, again, just remember, if he did it before, he can do it again. What has he already done for you where you've been patient and you've realized and you've received his blessing? Think about how long you waited before and how perfect it was after you waited. And now try and apply that to your current situation. And lastly, for all of my college girls, like you guys know that I am one of the assistant directors. Maybe you don't know. I don't really talk about a lot on my YouTube channel, but I am the assistant director for Ms. HBCU Teen. It is a nationwide scholarship pageant that we are doing, and this is the second year of it. Last year was just for the DMV, and this year it is for anybody across the state. And the goal is to get high school seniors who are applying to HBCUs um, to get them all to come together. We give them workshops for weeks leading up to it, really anything and everything that I wish I would have known going into college. And uh, we supply them with it during these workshops. And then they do a pageant and girls from again, all over the country compete to be the national Miss HBCU teen. So it's a really fun thing. You guys know, I really love HBCUs and pageants and mentorship. So it just allows me to do all these things at once. And so in order to become a state title holder, by the way, if you know anybody who's a high school senior looking to go to an HBCU, um, whether they're interested in pageants or not, this is not your typical pageant, but especially if they're going to an HBCU, especially if they are looking for scholarships, I'm going to leave a link down below in the show notes in the description box down below, because I think that it's, it's, really, it's a really great opportunity. I'm very proud of it. Anyway, the point is that I interview each of the girls before I appoint them a state title. And a lot of the girls are waiting for their college acceptance. And I'm like, wow, you know, here I am in a different waiting season. But again, I've waited before. I've waited for my acceptance to Spelman before I even knew that I was waiting for it. Because I remember receiving my my acceptance into North Carolina A&T and being like, this didn't, this doesn't feel like how I thought I was going to feel. I thought I was going to be relieved. I thought I was going to be, you know, super excited. And that's how I knew that it wasn't the school for me. So waiting is a good thing. Like the feelings, like just be in tune with your feelings. When you feel relieved, when you feel excited, when you feel nervous, if you see an email from somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, I hope this is it. Like that's a good sign that, you know, you are being called and pulled towards that school. And if you're receiving acceptances and they're not really, you know, exciting you, then that's a sign as well. So all these different things are, again, a part of the journey that I think is super important and special that people kind of just brush over and the waiting season can feel very taunting and traumatizing, but it all has a reason behind it. So while you're waiting, wait well. You know that verse by Paul that says, you know, to whatever is good, whatever is just, whatever is, I can't think of other things, but basically think on these things. And I remember reading this week during my devotional time, um, a different version of it that said, you know, find the good, find the this, find the that. It says, whatsoever is a good report 
think on these things. I think that goes all the way back to having that positive attitude of expectancy. Think about a good report. Think about getting that email inviting you for an interview. Think about getting that email accepting you to that college. Think about getting that MCAT score, that LSAT score, that GRE score, and it's exactly what you wanted it to be or even better. Like think about a good report. I think that that's what you can do during your waiting season that will really help you wait well and the last piece of advice that I would give you again if you are struggling on one of these levels specifically like that level of comparison is take time away if you need it there is no way to dwell on the truths of God's word in any circumstance while trying to vicariously like live through other people on social media if you find yourself struggling with comparison and you need to be focusing on yourself in order to elevate to that next level of the waiting game then remove yourself take time away remove the distractions that way you that you are so sure and you are so secure in your weight because that's what brings you peace during the waiting season this was a shorter podcast episode but i don't know i think this was a good one it may be my favorite let's go ahead and get into some kingdom keys go ahead and read the verse that i was trying to say earlier philippians 4 8 through 9 and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and loving and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I'm excited to see what we've all been waiting for through all of you i'm so excited to see the life that is coming on the other side of the moans and the groans but family god is up to something and he's already shown us in scripture last sunday that what is coming is good And so get excited this Sunday morning. Be expecting this Sunday morning. Because remember, you don't know what day is going to be the day. You don't know what hour is going to be the hour. You don't know what phone call is going to be the phone call. You don't know what email is going to be the email. You don't know what meeting is going to be the meeting. But be excited. Because any day now, uh God is turning it around for me. We are going to end this episode off right with a few minutes of guided affirmation to keep our spirits up and focused as we move throughout our day. Remove all distractions and verbally repeat these words after me. I practice patience with grace and ease. I'm rising above the thoughts that are trying to make me angry or afraid. I am optimistic and thankful for my life's I can move beyond anxiety by having patience. 
I am thankful for the hard times that can only make me stronger. I preserve the peace I feel surrounding me by seeking out the good in each and every situation. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're not already watching the podcast, don't forget we're over here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to this channel as well. It is at Beauty and Braids. You can follow me on my social media on Instagram and TikTok at Breland Hunt. And don't forget to visit my website, BrelandHunt.com, for weekly podcast updates or to contact me to share your story or to be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, be sure to live each day to the fullest because you only live once and give yourself some grace. We are all just a work in progress. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.